remember hearing all the noise All the screams coming from the voice Alarms went off and we all hear A heartbeat pounding out of my Welcome back to another episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. This is a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for singers, songwriters, musicians, recording artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated, which provides management, publicity, and related services. I mentioned last week that there is a giveaway going on this month only, which I will again be sharing details about on this episode. Episode. I hope that you've been receiving the weekly e-newsletter that I send out every Wednesday. There's information in there about the latest podcast episode, plus other goings-on, including exclusives that only the people who are signed up to that list get to see first. For example, in the newsletter that was emailed on January 5, I revealed that there would be a giveaway on the podcast during the month of February. If you are not getting those emails, it's quick and easy to sign up. Just go to the show website, nhte.com net and pop in your email address joining me today on the now hear this entertainment guest line from nashville my guest is a singer songwriter guitar player who has over 1.5 million social media followers across facebook youtube tiktok instagram and twitter Plus, he has 27,000 monthly listeners on Spotify. He has performed with artists ranging from Vanilla Ice to 38 Special, and he is also the host of a podcast. You have been hearing a song of his called The Storm. Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, Marty Ray. Thanks so much for having me, Bruce. I appreciate you allowing me to talk with you on this podcast. You bet. You bet. It's great to finally have you on the show. We met each other last August in Nashville, and I'm glad we could make this happen now today. Let's start off by having you share with the audience all about the song of yours that was just playing called The Storm. The Storm is a song that was written out of tragedy, but it has a sad meaning but it also has a triumphant meaning as well same time it's uh my, there's a tornado that came through nashville and tore up a lot of people's homes and some people lost their lives and my buddy cj wilder who plays uh, every show with me he his home was one of the ones that was completely destroyed and hmm. the his cars and everything and his, the roof was essentially ripped off his house while he, him and his family were in there and he was holding them in a closet. They they were inside a closet, but he couldn't fit. So he was holding the door shut as this tornado was blowing and we're pulling the roof off of his his house. And so the next day, we're he, me and a lot of his other friends. He's got tons of friends. We are uh, we're getting whatever can be salvaged of his property, and we're taking it to the storage to a storage facility. Mm-hmm. And he's telling me about the incident. He's telling me about what happened. And as he's ta- telling me this, I'm seeing it in my mind. And I'm thinking, man, what would, that would have been just wild, man. That would have been something else. And so after I left there, it was like God just put this melody and these the, the first, I guess, four lines of that song mm. in my head. And I just voice memoed it. And I just started going, uh, uh, I remember hearing all the noises, all the screams coming from the voices. Alarms went off and we all hear 
my heart beat pounding out of my reel. So then I had those four lines in that melody, and I said, I think this it's meant for CJ and I to write this together. Mm. So I sent it to him, and I said, I think you and I should write this together. Let me know what you think. And he loved it, and we got together the next day, and he, I said, you, you can play the piano. He started playing the piano, and we wrote the whole song that day. And let me ask you, when you write a song like that that's based on something that's very real, that you're very close to, even though it was probably even tougher for him, you were there, you're a good friend of his, you were on site and saw the damage, you lived through this storm yourself. Is it more emotional, meaning you could write a song about something that's depressing, but if it's fictitious, then you're just applying yourself and trying to write a good song. But is it more emotional, Marty, when you're writing about something that's real, that's that. I don't want to use the word depressing, but such heavy subject matter because it's kind of like, hey, I'm at the end of the day, I'm trying to write a song here, but my gosh, this is really emotionally heavy for us to sit in as we write. Well, for me, everything, every song that I write is emotional. I'm, I'm emotionally attached to it, period. This almost the same way. I even... Even covers I do, to be honest with you, I'm emotionally attached to those too. I think that's mm. why people hear them and they feel them different. And they say, oh, "Man, I I feel something when you sing." And I always tell them, "That's the Holy Ghost you feel," because that's what that's that's the reason I got the the ability to sing. So the only reason that you feel anything is because I feel it. So everything that I do, I feel the same at it. Rather, there's always an emotion attached for me, no matter what. Whether it's comedy or sadness or victory whatever it is i'm in that or i don't or i don't finish writing it period so it really for me it's not any different now for cj it's way different every time we do that song he's crying Mm. he's in tears every time so but i'm not i feel it the same way every time yeah but i can get through it now there are certain songs that are like we i wrote a song recently about my dad and because that I tried to sing that at a show and I couldn't get through it. Mm. Uh, but that's because that's so current. You know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. right, right here, right now, uh, happening. So in that situation, there's more emotions, but there it's because they're on the surface, right? The emotions are the same for everything I do, but those, it, it depends on how close it is. Now, if we would have started performing the storm immediately after, um, he, went through that then it might it would have been for me the emotions would have been right there on the surface and i might have been had i might have had trouble getting through it like he does but all he got to do is play the guitar so he's still able to get through it well but the but the performance aspect aside the what about the songwriter in you because i'm picturing you going somewhere to a right and coming home just absolutely exhausted from writing something so emotionally heavy as opposed to going to a right and it's a real upbeat, fun, happy song and you come home and you don't feel beat up and you're ready to go and do something else next as opposed to crashing on the couch because of this heavy song that you just finished writing. Well, it's it's really different than that, actually, because when we were writing that, we were happy the whole time because... Like, I remember when he was he was playing the piano, so he essentially wrote the music, and I wrote the melody and the lyrics, but he, he was and he was playing the piano, and I, would, I just kept singing and writing down while we were singing, and he looks back, he's smiling, and he's crying, but he's smiling, and mm-hmm. he's like, 
He's like, this is coming together so perfectly. I was like, it, God meant for this to happen. And so it was actually a, because uh, even at the end of the song, it says, the storm makes us stronger. With each other, we live longer, longer. So it's like the song ends in a happy way. Yeah. Even the second verse starts talking about how he was overwhelmed with, because his life is better now because of that storm than mm. it was before the storm. And that's Amazing. the truth. Amazing. So he would tell you that. Yeah. Wow. So I didn't leave there going, man, that sounds so tough. Right? We okay. left there happy that, man, this is a really good song. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. And for the audience, if by some chance this is your first time ever listening to Now Hear This Entertainment, and what I'm about to say is still good to hear again, even if you have been listening regularly. For those of you who are either podcasters or musicians, you'll be interested to know that I am recording through a pretty great piece of equipment. Even if I didn't say anything, you'd realize that because of how great the audio quality is. The company that makes this is called Centrance, like the word entrance with a C at the beginning. And they make a device just like the one I have, except for musicians. That one is called the Mixer Face. And so that I don't confuse you, just contact me via podcast at nhte.net if you're a podcaster and you want to ask me about this one that I have. But the mixer face is awesome, like this unit, because it's your audio interface, but then you can also disconnect and take it with you to be your handheld recorder. In fact, you can also connect a smartphone or tablet to stream live from absolutely anywhere, as long as you have cell data or Wi-Fi. But yeah, it has professional quality preamps, and like I said, gives you the ability to use it as an audio interface for your laptop or desktop PC, but also record into it. So it's one piece of gear that you learn once. And by the way, there's not menu after menu after menu or a screen that you can't see in daylight. Real buttons, real physical switches, real physical knobs. There's free shipping for folks in the U.S., Plus, Centrance has a special offer for my audience. When you use their Mixer Face ad on the show website, nhte.net, and that's in the right-hand column on desktop or scroll way down on mobile to see their Mixer Face ad, click through and order directly from Centrance. And when you put in the code BRUCE, they will send you a free watertight accessory case to carry the unit in. Marty, there are going to be lots of people who are coming to this episode of Now Hear This Entertainment because they're loyal followers of yours. But for my audience that's just being introduced to you, let's get into your background because even though I said that you're calling in from Nashville, you moved around a little bit before settling in Music City. Take us through where you lived prior to Nashville and when and why those moves were being made. Well, I was born in Memphis, Tennessee, but I was raised across the bridge in Arkansas, a town called Blyville, Arkansas, because that's where my dad had a business, and he's always had a business, a mechanic shop, towing shop, anything to do with cars, he did it, and still has it to this day. So I kind of I grew up there, and I was, I guess, groomed to take over his business later in life, but did not want to, fought against it tooth and nail, <laughs> and... uh was always told growing up that, you know, my family, we, I come from a family that were, I call them realists. They, they weren't necessarily not supportive for the most part. They, they, they said, you know, most of them would say, you, you're good at this or that talent wise, but that'll never pay off. You'll never make it in music. You'll never mm. make it 
and things. And dreams were not in the town I grew up in. You were not taught to dream and go after it. Mm. Even really in high school, it was we have a in my that town we have a steel mill called Nucor, and that was kind of what children were were taught to. Hey, you need to go either if you're not an academic superstar, you need to go and be working on getting a job at Nucor because it, and it's a great job. It still is to this day, mm-hmm. hundred thousand plus a year for, mm. for work, working out there, depending on production. So that was kind of the every every child is kind of being groomed to to think that that's the that's the dream of Bob Arkansas. So even me, I thought that's probably it. That's the way I, I can get out of having to, having to work for my dad. I didn't want to work for my dad, you know, because <laughs> we. we didn't, it's tough to work for your for your dad, especially if your dad is like mine and I'm like and I'm like me. So it's uh it was a tough situation. But lo and behold, I still ended up working for him, but he ended up opening a uh towing service in West Memphis and I moved to West Memphis to run that towing service uh, for him. Okay. Still didn't want to, but he was doing it himself, going driving back and forth all the time. So I said, Well, I'll go do that because I don't want you driving back and forth until you find somebody to do it. And he just never found nobody to do it. What probably didn't even look. So I was just, <laughs> I was just stuck running that for probably 10 years. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was good to me. And I'm thankful for it uh, because it'll, it allowed me to, to have freedom in certain places, even though I had to get up all during the night for toes and whatnot. Uh, but, yeah. yeah. I was still able, if I had, if I could find an employee to run the record on the weekends sometimes that I could, I had plenty of freedom to go do whatever I wanted. So that's where the music kind of um, made its interest because even though I was told that it wasn't, you know, that was what not viable. I made a video and posted that video. It got about 30,000 views and I thought, this mm. is it. I'm, I'm famous, you know? And uh, <laughs> so, uh, but I wasn't. But I thought, hey, if God wants me to do this, and I'm gonna I'm gonna put a video out, I'm gonna keep doing this, and He'll honor the effort. If He wants me to do it, He'll honor the effort. Mm. So I just was being consistent and trying my best, still running the towing service for years, and then all of a sudden had a viral video uh, all about that beard. I did a, a parody of a song called "All About That Bass." Yeah, and that "All About That Beard" video. <laughs> Got two million views in a day, and then wow. it went on from there. And then I, yeah, and then I just, at that point, I thought, well, this is, I can start making money because I started getting calls from England, like places in England wanted to interview me, and mm. hey, I was getting fans all over the world, and wow. I thought, well, this is wild. This is something else. But all the while, still running the record. What year was that that you did that parody video where it took off like that and went viral? That's, that's a horrible question to ask me. I'm horrible <laughs> years. I don't, I don't know. T- time frames are different to me than they are to other people. I might think something that happened five years ago was ten years ago, and something that happened ten years was five years. So I don't know what year it was. I would have to look it up. And so I shouldn't ask you what year you moved to Nashville. That is, I can tell you that that was that was two and a half years ago. Oh, Nashville. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. 
I thought you were going to say a lot longer ago than that. Well, you know, when you're talking about all this stuff about people were not encouraged to have a dream and chase it, there's a statement that some folks might come across online where you have said, quote, I come from a long line of singers and musicians that I have always looked up to. Now some of them look up to me because of my fans, end quote. So who might some of those folks be in the quote unquote long line of singers and musicians that you always looked up to? Well, I don't know if they actually look up to me, but they definitely look at, and I'm, I'm the one that said that, I know that, but I look, I, what I mean by that is they're looking up to where I've gotten. Even though I encourage them, even to this day, it's it's it's. Free. I don't want to call them out, but I'm saying I, I'll encourage them even to this day. You're not living to your full potential of the talent that God gave you if you're not going after it because he gave it to you because these people were are still like, they're still amazing singers and, and amazing musicians, and they're very talented, way more talented than me. And they could, they should be out there, like I am, making videos, getting the word out, and letting God honor the effort, because they they deserve to be heard by the world okay. because they have a beautiful gift. And so, when I say look up to, I mean they, one of them for sure, who's my cousin, he definitely looks up to the the place that I've gotten to in music, right? Not that he goes, hey, looks up to my talent or thinks, hey, you're great or anything like that, but he looks up to the fact that I have, against all odds, I have built something. By God, I have built something, a fan base, and I've I've gotten, you know, who knows how many views. One, one video alone has 200-plus million views on mm. across all platforms. So, I don't know how many views it is collectively, but he looks at all that and he th- and he looks up to that. I don't I see. think that he looks I up see. to me as, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, but I'm glad you've explained all this because I think what happens, and I'm guilty of this myself, when you find someone like Marty Ray online and you find a quote from someone like Marty Ray and it says singers and musicians that I've always looked up to, your head is trained to automatically go to Garth Brooks, to go to Vince Gill, to go to A-listers. So that's why I'm glad that you clarified that question for us, because it also shows us another perspective, as you described, which is people could be looking at another artist and saying, boy, you know, that person's really got a lot of talent. And then the but is... But I just wish that they would apply themselves more and do more with the talent that they have because they could be doing so much more. That yeah, I never really looked up to. People ask all the time. They say, "Who were your role models growing up?" Well, my role models weren't weren't really big, super famous people. I, I definitely loved their singing, and I and I gleaned from their their abilities, and I loved what they did. Ray Charles, Elvis, Al Green. B.B. King, Leonard Skinner, all these people. Mahalia Jackson was one of my favorites, still is. I loved all of it, but I, did, I never really looked up to them like, I want to be like that, you know, because I wasn't, like I said, I wasn't trained to think that I could ever reach that. And I still may never reach where, with any of those people I just called off reach, like Garth Brooks. Who could ever reach Garth Brooks' level? He's the number one selling uh, solo artists of all time. So, and nor do I want to. Mm. I don't want to reach that level. Somebody asked me, on a, I was in a competition for YouTube years ago, and it was on their, they, they you know, kind of like YouTube TV or whatever. 
and it, I sang for Ludacris and uh, Flo Rida. Do you know who that is? Oh, of course, yeah. Wow, wow. So, so I was I was singing for them, and it, the, the show was called Best Cover Ever. So I sang a cover of one of Flo Rida's songs, and they said, Flo Rida said, you being from Memphis, do you feel like you have big shoes to fill, seeing as though that's where Elvis is from? And I said, I don't want to be as big as Elvis, so I don't have any shoes to fill because I don't <laughs> want to be that big. I don't want to not be able to go anywhere and have privacy. Like, that does not appeal, that does not appeal to me. And so then Lucas said, well, you don't want to – you said you don't want to be as big as Elvis. What do you want to be? I said, just below him. Mm. You know, I want to be just below him so that I, I still got a place to hide. <laughs> so, I like that. I couldn't imagine not being able to go anywhere. And when I say just below him, I mean a long way below him, actually. <laughs> I, was, I was saying that for, for comic relief in the show, and it, it, it did well. It, it made people laugh. <laughs> but I was uh, – I really don't even want to be that close to him because even then – it's hard to hide. That's right. So I want to, if I want to go to a movie or something, a restaurant with my family, I want to be able to do that. Yeah. Without being bum rushed, because I'm the type of boy where I have to. If if a fan comes up to me, I have to give them proper attention because I love them. And I was somebody that was told you'll never do it. And here's people that I don't even know, but they know me and they love what I do, and I've impacted their life. I can't just tell them to go away. That's so right. every if I was in a restaurant, I would have to sit there the entire day as long as people were coming. <laughs> I got to sit there. It's my duty. Yep. You know? Yeah. Yeah, you don't have handlers to escort you out the door. Uh, let's do a couple of uh, housekeeping items here before we move on. One is that video that you were just describing, the YouTube show that you were on, is that still around if people want to poke around online and try and look for it with Ludacris and Florida? Yeah, they look up. If they look up best cover ever, they'll find it. Okay. Okay. And then I wanted to point out, uh, and trust me, for once this actually was not planned, <laughs> but I happened to mention uh, Vince Gill, and a couple months ago on episode 407, Tia Goins, uh, she and I sat down together at the Frank Brown International Songwriters Festival in Alabama, and she talked about her latest album that she had just released and it featured a song with none other than Vince Gill. Uh, so if you want to hear that story, go back and listen to episode 407 with Tia Goins. I will put a link to that on the show page for this episode at nhte.net. And Garth Brooks, I have to mention the most listened to episode of Now Hear This Entertainment of all time in eight years is way, 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 way back at the beginning, episode 24 with Johnny Garcia, who is the lead guitar player for Garth Brooks. So I'll put a link to that one too. Marty, I mentioned in the intro that, speaking of big names, among others, you have performed with Vanilla Ice and 38 Special, to name just two. Let's have you do a little storytelling and share with us just about each of those two, meaning the circumstances with which you got to perform with each of them. So 38 Special, nothing big about that. I just started, I had just started doing shows and building a fan base. That was years and years ago, and... 38 Special came to Osceola, Arkansas, to a festival, and the people that were over the festival were fans of mine, so they paid us to come play and open for 38 Special. So that's how that happened. Okay. Unfortunately, unfortunately, I didn't get to meet um, 
Gang, what's his name? He's one of the Van Zant brothers, but I don't remember which one. Donnie, I think. I think it's Donnie Van Zant who is the lead singer of 38 Special. I didn't even get to meet him, but it would have been cool if I did. Vanilla Ice came about because, as I mentioned earlier, when I posted that all about that beard video, it got 2 million views. So then I was going to be consistent. I had to be, I wanted to post a video every week. Hmm. And I had to post it. I, I'd po- been posting after that video, but then I stopped because, you know, the views, you don't get as many views on certain videos. You start losing a little bit of the, that fire. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't posted in about two or three weeks. And it was about three o'clock in the morning. I'd been playing around with doing old hip hop songs acoustically because I had just learned to play the guitar around that time. Hmm. Matter of fact, the, the Vanilla Ice video that I posted, I'd only been playing the, the guitar at that point for maybe a year, if that. Okay. Because I was, I was still learning. I'm still learning. I'm still not that good at it. <laughs> so, but the, it was about 3 o'clock in the morning, and I had been messing with that one and another old rap song called Nothing But a G Thing, and I was doing them both acoustically in different ways, and I ended up making a video of Ice Ice Baby, and I posted it at 3 o'clock in the morning now. <laughs> I said, this was on my original, this, was, this wasn't even on my, on my page at the time. This was on my personal Facebook profile, because that's all I was using at that time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I posted it in the description and said, I know it's just, you know, it's 3 o'clock in the morning. I hadn't been consistently posting. I'm, I apologize about that. Here's a, the way I've been messing around with this old 90s hip hop song, Ice Ice Baby. I hope you like it. If not, there'll be more coming. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really think much of it. I didn't think that people would. I didn't think people would even care. To be honest with you, I just wanted to post mm-hmm. the video, and so that was the one. And then next thing I know, it was like the old infomercial. It's a set it and forget it type thing. I I posted it and and I'm went about towing cars, you know, and next thing I know, it's been picked up by World Star Hip Hop, Bam Margera posted it, um, somebody over in England, there was just several places mm. that were posting this on their website and on their Facebook page, wow. and they were sharing it, and my video, that video got, it just did like five million views or whatever, mm. and then I started seeing where people were liking my Facebook page. So I started, I was building a fan base on my Facebook page, so I, I posted it over there. It went wow. viral over there, too. Wow. And then, lo and behold, every for, for a good three years, every time that I would post that video or somebody else would, people were taking that, and they were building their Facebook page with my video. They were taking it and posting it. There's one that they, somebody posted, it got 35 million views, hmm. and they built their Facebook page, but they tagged me. So it didn't bother me, you know, because I got people coming over to me. But the point is, lo and behold, I said all that to say, to get to it, how Vanilla Ice and I ended up performing together. Yeah. So during that whole span of this video just going bananas, I was getting these messages from people saying that they were best friends with Vanilla Ice. And I said, okay, sure. And they said, what's your number? I'll, I'll tell him to call you. And at the time, I didn't care to give out my number because was, it was just a tow truck service anyway. Mm. So I said, what do I got to lose? One of them might be telling the tree. 
So I gave all those people my number, <laughs> and turns out one of them was telling the truth. Mm. Randy, good friend of mine today. And so it was about two months. I guess about two months after I posted the video, maybe maybe more, maybe three, but and I don't remember exactly how long it was from when I gave him my phone number, but I had already forgotten about it. And I get this phone call, and I answer just like always, Glenn Ray's towing, how can I help you? And this, uh, the, the guy on the other end is, just goes, hey, Marty Ray. And I said, how you doing? He goes, what's up, man? I love that Ice Ice Baby acoustic you did. I said, thanks so much. I appreciate it. How can we help you? He goes, what's up? It's Rob. I said, how you doing, Rob? How can we help you? He's like, I'm thinking, okay, I mean, I got your car. Did I tow your car? Yeah, yeah. You need a tow? What do you need? Because I didn't know his name was Rob, to be <laughs> honest. And uh, he goes, it's Rob Van Winkle. And I said, okay, right on. You need, <laughs> do we need to tow your car? He goes, it's Vanilla Ice, man. What's up? And I said, what's up? How you doing? I said, I don't believe that this is you, but it's a funny place. And he goes, he goes, it's me, man. Like, and he ended up saying it's him. And so he said, I want you to come to Miami, and we're doing an I Love the 90s tour, and I want you to perform with me. Mm. And I said, all right, I'll tell you what. I said, I'll believe it when I see the email. Uh. That's what I told him. And I saw the email. And so we went to, it was actually Boca Raton. We went to Boca Raton, and he and I played, messed around and played behind backstage in the green room. And then we went out on stage and mm. played the song. And when he introduced me, this was very crazy. I don't know if he see he Vanilla Ice and I are still friends today uh. because of that song, which is pretty crazy. But uh, like he's been on my podcast, and and I've, I brought him into Clubhouse, and we did this room in Clubhouse uh, where I, I I brought him in, and it was like two thousand, three thousand people in that room. Mm talking to Vanilla Ice, and I was the one that was hosting it. And, but anyway, before I went out there, he introduced me like this, and this was it's on YouTube. It's very crazy to hear. Okay. He goes, uh, he said, I've heard every version of this, of, of, of Ice Ice Baby that you can think of. He said, I've heard the country version, the, the hip-hop version, the techno version. He said, I've heard them all. He said, this is the greatest version I ever heard. Mm. And then I came out, talking about pressure, right? <laughs> Greatest version he's ever heard. Is he talking about even his? Like, you know, at this point, you're thinking, what are you, man, you're setting me up for failure right here. <laughs> these people are used to, you know, they're used to your version. Yeah. And they're here to see you. Yeah. But it was a good crowd, and they, they really responded well. Wow. To my version of the song. Wow. So it was very, very good. Uh, how cool is that? How cool is that? And by the way, talking about that phone call where you didn't believe it was him, there's another really funny story just like that. I'm going to put another link on the show page for Marty's episode at nhte.net, episode 409 in December with Chad Jeffers. He's the guitar player for Carrie Underwood. He told a really funny story on that episode of getting a phone call from Kenny Loggins, and he thought it was a joke. So I'll, I'll leave it at that, and, and y'all can go back and listen to that one. Marty, I liked, though, how you were talking about you started shifting things over to your music Facebook page, and you were saying that, oh, it was okay, I didn't mind because people were tagging me even though they were using my video on their pages. So so on that note, let's shift into marketing mode for a minute or two here. You are very, very consistent with your branding 
In fact, at one point, I had seen that your Instagram bio told people at Marty Ray Project on all socials. So I have two questions for you. One is, when and why did you make the decision to go with Marty Ray Project instead of just going by Marty Ray? And then second, tell the audience about someone being a project-er, which is pretty cool, too. <laughs> you got it right. Project, projector. Yeah, you got it. Most people say it wrong. They'll say uh, projector. <laughs> and that's why... And that's how I can tell who the real fans are and who, or who the hardcore fans are, not real fans, but who the hardcore fans are and who they aren't by if they say projector or projector. <laughs> but anyway, the way that uh, Marty Ray Project started was way back when I first made that uh, video. It was called Great Speckled Bird. It was an old gospel hymn that I posted. The very one, That was the very first video. And I was, like I said, I got 30,000 views. So I was trying to put a band together. I thought, now I got to put a band together. So started having people come and play and, and they would play and they'd be excited. They, they liked the sound and they would, we would get together and practice. And then some of them would come and fall off and then get it somebody else. And it just kept rotating. And I said, the only constant is me. And I said, this is becoming a real project in my mind. This is becoming a real project to to try to build a band and keep a band and, and try to get anybody to believe that this can be anything. And so that's where the idea came from okay. to make a, cause I wanted it not to be Marty Ray. I wanted it to be a band originally, but I knew if it was a band, it was, I was really the only one that was ever going to be constant in the band. Apparently, what it looked like. Mm -hmm. So I said, "Well, it'll be Marty Ray Project," okay. and and then I started thinking, "Well, I'm doing this project, and then I branched out from music, and I started acting, and and then uh, then before I even was in music, like I was podcasting. We were we were actually podcasting in Memphis in like 2007 or eight. It was before anybody would podcast. Before anybody knew what they were, we were we were doing podcasts way well before I did music." I was podcasting, but hmm. the, so like the whole thing, it's been, this has been a, a, a project of somebody going, following their dreams against all odds, against being trained in your mind. And this is probably the same story for a lot of people. I'm not, my story is not an outlier to most stories in America of families that don't really believe that there's really a chance that a person, their child, no matter how talented they are, there's probably tons of families out there that don't really see them having a chance to make it in music or acting or any of that because it's very hard, right? That's right. That's right. So essentially a projector is anybody that goes after their dreams against all odds. That's what a projector is. I'm even one. They don't, they don't even have to be a fan of mine. But that, I started, I seen all these bands and, and they were how they were had, had these street teams, and they were naming them. They had a name for their street team. So I said, what would I call my street team? And I said, I would call them projectors, not projectors, but projector. <laughs> so, uh, and I know that, and I also knew that that would be hard to say, hard to know how to say that so that if somebody was a hardcore fan that listened, then they would definitely know how to pronounce it properly. That's where that came about. 
Yeah, and it's spelled P-R-O-J-E-C-T apostrophe R, which just the way it's written, it's a capital R. That that, that kind of reinforces the pronunciation, but it, it's very cool. I, I love that. I love that angle. I love that nickname that you came up with. I'm joined today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Nashville by singer, songwriter, guitar player Marty Ray. Visit his official website at martyrayproject.com. I will put a link to his website on the show page for this episode at nhte.net. Join the masses that are following him all over social media. On his website, you will see links for all of the following Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, and even Snapchat. You'll also see a link there for Patreon. Plus, of course, his music is streaming on Spotify, so follow him on there. But do be sure to support Marty by purchasing downloads of his music. There is a link on MartyRayProject.com to get it from Apple Music. Keep up with Marty online, too, so you can see when and where you can see him perform live. He does not perform just in Nashville or just in Tennessee. He has performed in the likes of Arkansas, Wisconsin. The list goes on, so do keep up with him online so you can go see him perform in person. Here is the giveaway that's going on this month only. This is running throughout February, but don't delay in entering because the period will end at midnight Eastern time on February 28th. So once the clock turns over to March 1st, you will have missed out. I'm going to give one person access to my online class at interviewtipscourse.com absolutely free. Here is how you enter, though. Send an email to podcast at nhte.net and tell me who you are, what you do, and why the course would be helpful to you. It does not have to be the story of your life. It doesn't have to be something that goes on and on and on, but you do need to include that information so I know that this is something that you really want because it's going to help you professionally. If you just send me a blank email or a message that says hi or contest or I want to win, no, you're not going to be eligible. I will do a random drawing from all qualified entries, and one winner will be given access to interviewtipscourse.com absolutely free. Send your entry via email, as I described, to podcast at nhte.net. Marty, we were talking about marketing and your consistency with the social media handles plus the project or concept. I'm interested to hear you talk to the audience and specifically those listening who are aspiring performers about social media. You are on, as I just read off, so many platforms, and you're doing so well on a number of them. 612,000 YouTube subscribers, 502,000 followers on Facebook, 412,000 followers on TikTok. What is the secret to doing so well across multiple platforms? Because generally, someone will be really strong. They'll have really solid numbers on one, but the others are just kind of okay. Well, I wish that I had a magical answer <laughs> like some people act like they do. But people really don't have that magic answer. The only answer is consistency and content. That's really the only answer. And then for me, I always tell people, you put God first. And like I said earlier in the show, he honors the effort if it's what he put you here to do. And that is, that's literally my life. I, I don't have any secrets other than... I posted. I post videos. People seem to like them sometimes on certain platforms more than others, and they go viral. And I love those people, and I love on those people. I've always, before I even knew that it helped the algorithm, I because that came way later that people actually knew that and and, and found that out. Like on Facebook, 
any comment I got, I was answering 100% of every comment back or every message, I, mm. which I still answer as many as I can myself. I answer all those myself. So if you see anything answered on my Facebook page or a message on any of my social media, it's me doing it. Wow. So every message that's sent, I answer it. Every comment that I can get to, I probably get 85% of the comments I reply to them um, myself. And it's because I love those people, and, and those people know that. They can tell you that they've had conversations with me, and they tell other people, hey, that's my friend. I've had conversations with him, and they're right. I am. Even though I've never met them, they're my friends. And and I can't wait to see them when I actually get to see them when I'm in their area playing a show or something. So, before, But I wanted to say something that I didn't get to say, I don't believe in the – uh, when we were talking about projector, mm-hmm. the that that whole projector thing it comes from uh, entertainment essentially. Just wanting me, pe- me personally, wanting to be in the entertainment world. That's that's my my lane. I think God put me here to to entertain people in some way, or shape, form, or fashion. But uh, podcasting, like we're on now, that's where this whole thing started for me in the beginning. So I kind of learned about a little bit about marketing through that through in 2007 or eight, we were podcasting way before anybody else was podcasting before anybody really knew what it was. We were doing that. And so I started, that's where the marketing started for me, getting on mm. online and started making sure I was present, making sure I had a, a presence there. The podcast did and uh, ended up getting a long time ago, ended up getting uh Darius Rucker on our show back wow. then. And not, not not this podcast that I have now, but that was years and years ago. Mm-hmm. We had that, and I was going after it. And I, we actually named it Mem Nash Radio so that it would fool people like Darius Rucker into believing it was a radio station and not a podcast. So mm-hmm. we didn't have to <laughs> explain we didn't have to explain what a podcast was every time because <laughs> nobody cared about it. Like they got no respect. Podcasting got no respect back then. <laughs> and it's so funny to see now because I told all these radio stations and all these people, I said, podcasting is the future. And they would go, yeah, right. And I'd say, I'm telling you, it's the future. Mm. And here we sit. I do <laughs> podcast interviews all the time. Everybody has a podcast now. Anyway, but marketing started like that. And if I was going to give any tips, I would, of course, say, put Jesus first, but but also be consistent and make sure your content is, is as good as you can make it. Don't just throw crap up. Mm, okay. Some people get lucky by throwing crap up, right? Some people do get lucky. But I want long-lasting. Like, I want to put, I'm going to put a piece of content out that makes people want more, right? So when people hear a video that I've done, I feel like that's why I've been able to build a following so so quickly on certain platforms because when they hear that they go hey I want to hear what's what he does next and they might they might wait a while they might hear the next thing not like it and then leave but at least they followed for that moment yeah so that's what you're trying to do yeah you're giving great advice too because you know when you say consistent and then you say content someone can say well Marty Ray said that I just have to be consistent so if they just keep throwing something up online and the content isn't that great then they're just posting for the sake of posting because they're trying to show that they're being consistent but you made a great point that if you're consistent but what you're posting is garbage then people are going to fall away really fast yeah even if you even if you get lucky and you posted so much 
that you get lucky. Like there's tons of these accounts on TikTok that just post, they'll post just crap videos over and over again, the same one sometimes. And one of them ended up going viral, but it doesn't yield any type of, of uh, following because the people go to their, they go to check out what else they have and all they see is a bunch of crap. So they're not going to follow you. Okay. But they know what they're doing. Great point. If all you got is crap, even if you have just one good post, but the rest is crap, why would they follow you? Wow. Great point. Great point. I want to go back to something else that you mentioned though, because I was with someone recently who has over 90,000 followers on TikTok. And so I assumingly said to her, I'm sure there's no way that you're looking through all the comments, never mind responding to them, right? And she said that she absolutely does. But Marty, I'm thinking of a working performer who is writing and recording their own original music, plus they're playing shows regularly. It's going to be easy for someone like that to say, I just don't have that kind of time. So should they hire a social media manager? Should they find time to do it themselves, even if that means getting up early or or going to bed late? What's your advice here? Well, people are saying that they don't have time to respond to their fans is a lie. Mm. Uh, if you don't have time to respond to your fans, and you don't need fans. Wow. That's what I tell people all the time. I don't care if you're Luke Bryan, Jason Aldean, I don't care who you are. If you don't respond to your fans personally and you can't make a time, or at least one time a week, for because you know everybody has at least an hour or two a week, please. I don't care what they do. They got an hour or two a week. And uh, if you don't have uh, the time to do that, then you don't deserve the people that are dedicating their time to listen to your music or to watch your content. That's the way I feel about it. Yeah. So I don't believe, I don't believe in, now you can get a team together and people will help you answer messages and things, but if you never, ever answer a comment or you never, you don't care enough about those people because some people look at them as just numbers and I don't. Every one of those people that follow me, they, they're important to me. And I, I appreciate every one of them. I don't care how many it is. I mean, I want it to grow. I want to have as many followers as I can, but each one means something to me. I don't look at it as just a number like like record labels and people like that do. I don't I don't look at it that way. And I, and I don't I don't agree with anybody that says they don't have time to answer some comments. I'm not saying that you can get to everyone. I can't get to every one of them. And that is true. If I, if I want to have a family life and be able to do everything. I can't get to every single comment anymore on all social media, but for years I did get every single comment. Mm. Well, before we move on, I want to make sure that the audience knows, because we're going to talk about Marty's podcast now, but just one more note about his music, because he is talking about content that he's creating to put online. There is a video for The Storm, the song that we played at the beginning of this episode. So when you look at Marty's content that he's creating that's all over social media make sure you look for the music video for the storm but marty like i said let's shift over to talking about the podcast right now share with the audience what your show is about and how when and why you started it as well as obviously where they can find it the podcast is called we've been doing this one for about a year i believe it is the podcast is called the marty ray project chats and it's essentially just me and my buddy, it, it didn't start with my buddy Chris Wallen, but started with my other buddy Jim Best, who's a Country Music Hall of Fame steel guitar player and producer. But that was before COVID, and then when COVID hit, he couldn't be around people anymore. So 
we started Chris Walden was an actual one of the one of the first guests on the show and then he ended up becoming a a host when um Jim couldn't do it anymore so the dynamic shifted so much with Chris and I from Jim and I it was it was so good but now Chris is moving on to something else and so now we it's going to be me and I might just do a bunch of guest hosts. I don't know what I'm going to do yet, but season two will be coming out soon. Okay. It's just a show about entertainment. The way I describe it is uh, two entertainers in the entertainment business talking to other entertainers about what it's like to be in the entertainment industry. <laughs> That's basically what it is. <laughs> and we interview entertainers from, from all walks, wrestlers and uh, musicians, actors. Wow. Whatever it is. Yeah, but did I understand when you said that Chris actually started off as a guest and then he became the co-host? Did I understand that he was somebody you already knew? He was a friend of yours already. No, when he when he came on the show, I didn't know him at all. Oh, yeah. So we just met on the show like that and uh, became friends after that, and uh, we became friends after that, and then he became the host on the show and then we hit it off after that wow and uh he's unfortunately because it was it was a very good uh dynamic between he and i a lot of cutting up and stuff so but anyway he's moving on to he's got a actually got a songwriters course that i'd like to mention on here anybody's trying to get into songwriting he uh buildinggreatsongs.com he's got a songwriting course and he's a hit songwriter I don't know if you know that or not I don't know if you've listened to any uh, episodes but he uh, he wrote Don't Blank by Kenny Chesney and Something to Be Proud Of by Montgomery Gentry so hmm. he's a legend outstanding so he's outstanding. got bigger and better things to do. And so your podcast, is it a case of, you know, I always like to use the expression, I'm very careful with my words, I always tell people that they could find this show at nhte.net, and then I always say, or you can just search for Now Hear This Entertainment almost anywhere you listen to podcasts. Is it a case of same thing for you, that they can find your show almost anywhere that you listen to podcasts? Yeah, so we have a website, the Marty, the Marty Ray Project chats.com. But also, as people typically are going to do, whatever uh, aggregator they listen through, whether it be Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever it's, it's available there. All right. So wherever wherever you listen to a podcast, you hear the Marty Ray Project chat. Awesome. Awesome. We're going to close today with another one of Marty's original songs, one called Haunted. Marty, before I let you go and I play that t- track in its entirety, I promise I won't talk over it. <laughs> Tell the audience all about this song, if you would, please. Well, Haunted is a song that I wrote years and years ago. It was this song. It's, it's kind of like a, it, it, I don't really like telling what it means to me typically because that really makes people, if anybody listens and it meant something else to them and they start kind of feeling like it ain't, it don't mean that anymore, but I'll, I'll mm. go ahead this time and, and tell you what I wrote it for. Okay. Cause it relates to a lot of military people and they love that song. And, uh, and I said, and they asked me what it means. I said, it mean, whatever it means to you, that's what it means. That's the beauty of music. But the reason I wrote it was because 
I am one of these guys that knows that there's there's agendas that go on in this world, and we're trained by, in our minds to do things. We're taught that the American dream is a certain thing, and the reason we feel that way is because we're told that. So if you get into music even, like my that, that whole song really relates to music a whole lot, how the record labels, they they select artists because of the way they look more than their talent. Mm. And then they they groom them and they say, do, do this and do that, or we're not going to promote you or you're not going to be a part of this anymore. And it's the same way with with when you're a child, you're taught the American dream is grow up, get a big house, get a big car, do all this, have a lot of money. That's what we're supposed to all reach for. But that's only because they told us that. They told us what was pretty. They told us what was handsome. Mm. They told us what car. If nobody, if nobody told us, if somebody said Walmart was the best clothing our whole life, and that's what they said in media, then we would all want to wear Walmart clothes, yeah. not yeah. Versace. See mm. what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's what that's what haunted. That's where haunted came from. We've been haunted by a life we never wanted. Interesting. That's where that line came from. We wow. were haunted by this life that who says we're the ones that wanted it? They said it. They wow. told us to want it. Wow. That's where the song comes from. Wow. That's great. That's great. What what great perspective and, and a great way to finish the show. Marty, it's been wonderful having you on. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed having you as a guest on Now Hear This Entertainment. Thank you, Bruce. Absolutely. And with that, I will wrap up another new episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. My sincere thanks to singer, songwriter, guitar player Marty Ray. Do visit his official website at martyrayproject.com. Again, I will have a link to it on the show page for this episode at nhte.net. Once you land on his website, dive into all the social media icons that you will see there. I have followed Marty on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, yet I feel like a slacker. There's also YouTube, TikTok, and Snapchat. Plus, look for the Patreon logo to go see about supporting Marty that way. Of course, do follow him on Spotify as well, but purchase Marty's original music from the Apple Music link that you will see on his website. Tell Marty that you heard him and his music and now hear this entertainment, and keep up with him online so you can go see when and where he will be performing live. A reminder about the giveaway that I mentioned. This is running throughout the month of February meaning that it will end at midnight Eastern time on February 28th. Once the clock turns over to March 1st, you will have missed out. I'm going to give one person access to my online class at interviewtipscourse.com absolutely free. Again, the way to enter is by sending an email to podcast at nhte.net and telling me who you are, what you do, and why the course would be helpful to you. Don't write a novel. There's no panel of judges looking at what is the most heartfelt entry But you do need to include that information so I know that this is really something you want because it's going to help you professionally. Don't just send a blank email. Don't just send me a message that says, hey, or pick me. No, you're not going to be eligible. I will do a random drawing from all qualified entries, and one winner will be given access to interviewtipscourse.com absolutely free. Send your entry via email as described to podcast at nhte.net. That will do it for episode 418. Thank you so much for listening. I'll send you out today with another song from Marty Ray Project. This is the track that he just talked about. It's called Haunted.
breaking in. The blood-drenched souls, they start to wear. Fighting for a better tomorrow. tomorrow, tomorrow. Hear the sounds of freedom fading to oblivion. Open your eyes, wake up, your body is cold. We've been haunted, we've been haunted My life we never wanted Playing games we were never meant to win Yeah, we've been haunted, we've been haunted Choosing sides we were appointed We live and die and then we're free again Choose the sides we whoever pointed. We 